0: Oh, yeah. just like I wonder how
1: Floyd feels being beat by a woman for once.
0: Ireland have achieved the unthinkable. They have defeated four times world champions, New Zealand. O'Sullivan's holding
1: on, O'Sullivan's got a drive for that line, but Gabriela Chabo is the Olympic champion. Sonia O'Sullivan is beaten on the line. What a fantastic final lap, but what a response
0: from Sonia O'Sullivan. Hey. A perfect fit! This is my
1: Tanner. the like Olympic, Olympic champion. I dreamed of this moment so many times
0: before. Hello and welcome. My name is Cleena Foley, and this is Off the Bench, a podcast about women's sport, which we hope will entertain and educate sports fans of all ages and genders. You can find our previous episodes on iTunes, or go to offtheball.com, go into their podcast link, scroll down, find Off the Bench, and you should find them all there. We also have a Twitter account. It's at off the ball, off the bench, OTB. So it's at. Off the Bench OTB, capital OTB. So if you have any suggestions or any feedback, you can give it to us there. Um, today's guest uh, made a bit of female Irish female sporting history recently. The Irish women's team didn't qualify for the FIFA World Cup. They came close and they, they had a great, actually in their group, the two of their group, the top their group made the quarterfinals and one of them made the final and we'll talk about that in a little minute. But one one Irish woman did qualify for the World Cup. We have her in studio today, um, and that is Michelle O'Neill. Welcome to Off the Bench. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me here. You're very welcome to have you. We're delighted to have you, Michelle. No um, if people are watching they will see your you've got a the top of possibly a uniform, but what makes you particularly unique is that you were part of the World Cup final as the assistant referee.
1: Yes, I was. So the team of officials that were selected for the the final game, game number fifty two, what we were been dreaming about. Um, I
0: was uh, the assistant referee for that game. And you work you work with a, an, an international crew of uh, officials that you work with regularly. So tell um, us about those.
1: Okay, so. When I internationally, so three years ago, um, we would have been put on a list, and it was the provisional list to be selected from. So there, there was possibility nearly 200 to 300 applicants, Right. and then that, ha- that list has to be obviously brought down. Yeah. Um, so we have competitions yeah. from that year, and that's when I was paired with my referee from France, Stephanie Frappa, and her assistant referee, Manuela, Nic- Nicosia and uh, so that's our trio. So you're the
0: crew. So you're we the, crew. the crew that um, work together. And and we'll, we'll go into how you got as far as you got. But tell us briefly, you were at the World Cup for about five and a half weeks, I think, weren't you? Yeah, six uh, weeks. Six One weeks. day off. Six weeks. She has a bit <laughs> of a. She still has a lovely bit of a tan, though. She must have been out in the field. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you get a farmer's tan under <laughs> that. Tan, yeah. A referee's tab. Yeah. Um, at what point? How many games did you get while you were there for start? And at what point did you know you got the final?
1: Okay, so I would have had six games overall, seven games including the final, um, and three of those games were on-field games, which was assistant referee. One game was a reserve assistant referee, and two games were the offside AVAR, the offside VAR. Oh right, okay, so, so you did, yeah, VAR well. so did VAR as well? did VAR
0: as well, Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I remember I spoke to you briefly before you went and you said you literally wouldn't know, I mean you would be training every day, but you wouldn't know until the day before if you got a game. Yeah. So when did you know you got the final? Yeah, so two days before the final. So
1: Friday, uh, we were all in the auditorium and we all got together and and uh, our project manager Kerry Sykes standing in the front. We're like, okay, now we announce it now. And and she's like, oh, before we announce it, we've few things to announce and we've no. few things to do. And we're just like, oh my god, us put us out of our misery, Tell please. Us.
0: Did you have any <laughs> yeah. hint? Did you have any indication? Um,
1: it was fifty-fifty, you know, um, because of there's only there's twenty-six te- referees teams. teams. Okay. Oh, at the start. Yeah. Be, just before the quarter-final started. There was a cut, so uh-huh. there was fifteen teams sent home. Right. So you're there, and you're part of eleven teams now. Okay. So you have like one in eleven chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then the quarterfinals were allocated, then the semi-finals were allocated, then the third place was allocated, and then you only have like about three or four
0: referees teams that possibly could get the final yeah, at that point. And That's and it. when it's when it's been cut down like that, did you do a quarter-final? Yes. Which one? Yeah, so I did Sweden and Netherlands. Right, Sweden and yeah. Netherlands. Yeah. Did you do a semi final? No. Yeah. No. So I was wondering if yeah. you got a semi final, do you figure you'll get the final or not get the final? Or do you think that's me ruled out? Uh like I mean it depends on how well the performance
1: the referees team did. Right. Um also. Um but normally if you get a semi final because it's so physically demanding, mentally yeah. demanding, that they will rest
0: up their Right. Third place final and final referees. So teams. you got a quarter final, you didn't get picked for the semi final, your yeah. crew, you're thinking, we could yeah. be in a shop, we don't know. Yeah. Wow. But then when there's so
1: many European teams yeah. uh, went, got into so the, t- the semis yeah, and the final, exactly. you're like, oh my god, normally they give it to, there's like so many things going in your head. Yeah. So they give it to a, a non European referee, yeah. give it to a European referee. Right. And th- I have to say, this World Cup was the first time the feeling was everything was based on performance. Right. Okay. And it was a huge, huge feeling of satisfaction and achievement because like every day we're putting in so much effort, our team were doing extra trainings, extra everything, and we were just there to perform
0: and we're there to do a job. And so if it's based on, as you say, if it's based on performance, that means they believed you were the the best crew that were there, you're the best referees crew that was there. That's an amazing achievement, absolutely amazing. And one of the gorgeous things about the World Cup is that the officials also get a medal. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge honour. Bring it! Oh, of Did course, you I bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Did
1: I it out? We've got to see it.
0: That's an amazing thing to have. There she is. There's a medal. Yeah. Wow, look at that! It says referee final on it, yeah. FIFA, and you actually have one of these from the under twenties World Cup. I think from last year. Yeah, so was it last year?
1: Last year was the under twenties women's C- World Cup. So these tournaments are where we get to do our trainings as well. Yeah. So our managers get to see us performing. So there's the under 20s, the under 17s, then there's other smaller tournaments around the world. Yeah. So our task was to perform the best we could in the under 20s, because that was up to the final cut before the list would come out right. for the World Cup. Right. So we got together as a team and we were like yeah we we have to have a really good performance and it ended up we got the final so we like, oh my god we Where couldn't were do any held? better than that. Where were they held?
0: France. Yeah, France last yeah, so year as well. so the year before the right. seniors. Right. it will okay. be held in the same country. And did you, did you have a sense during this year's senior tournament, did you have a sense that you might get the final or were you just didn't know? No
1: we didn't know, right. no. Um, we didn't know, we just were there because I mean you're then like the rest of the world is there in terms of refereeing yeah. and some some of these women are performing in the top level in men's football yeah and your um, French referee referees in the men's French League yes. yeah she's the, she, she's the first female to yeah. referee in the league of one yeah and she she got that information in between the tournament and she's oh so, so, she's super nice and super f- professional that People were asking her about it and she said, hold on a minute, I'm in the middle of a World Cup. Yeah. I'll think about that tomorrow. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, Totally focused. Oh yeah, she yeah. is. And she'd actually want to make you, she'd make you feel that you want to push more as well. Yeah. So it was great to have personalities around you, like that uh, very that's positive strong. feeling, very strong. Yeah. and um, But I myself is very personal. Uh, very positive person anyway, clearly um, yeah yeah, so, like every morning I got up, I was just so grateful to be in a workup
0: I know amazing so, yeah well let, let's go through that first of all, you find out two days beforehand, yep. can you sleep? Um, are you nervous the, I don't know the, it was
1: weird feeling because the, it, I was just like so a sigh of relief mm. that finally I made it, um, and to be honest i was I was ready for it. Right. You know, I had prepared for it so oh so much, so all my life. I was just like ready for it. <laughs> you know, this dream was there since I was a kid, not just since I started refereeing.
0: And could you tell your family? Because I remember you saying to me before you went away, yeah. I won't know until beforehand when I get yeah. games. So like they don't know to come over. Did they get over or what happened? Yeah, could they you got them? over. I. I I
1: had to wait for two hours before I went out to the media right. and then I was on the phone <laughs> for the whole day so I didn't have time to be nervous really yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just, yeah. like was calling home to everybody and and then they quickly arranged everything and came over, and
0: yeah. So was, family were there to oh, see you.
1: Yeah, they weren't only there to see me. When I was standing in the lineup, I was able to pick them out of a crowd of were sixty thousand spectators. Were you? Oh, oh it was Oh, They Michelle. had the best seats in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and and was that yeah. arranged
0: for you, or did they? Just uh, no.
1: <clears throat> see, the thing is, um, before the World Cup, I was go- I was going to go back to the final regardless. All right. So you had already so arranged to go. I had asked. I had um, asked uh emails yeah. uh fifa ticketing and looked for t- four tickets oh, perfect, and, perfect And started the ball rolling there oh, yes, yeah. so, okay because, yeah. but
0: you literally
1: could see them when you were lined yeah. up that's amazing yeah because that's when i was nervous i was nervous one minute the whole the just, whole game as I was nervous yeah. just before it started and its reason is because when the national anthems come on i just i can can't describe the feeling of hearing both national anthems and how much that would make the players feel. It makes us feel the very same. Does it? Because I often oh, yeah. wonder our
0: referees yeah. completely removed from that, but you uh, feel so all of that excitement the and adrenaline we as well. Yeah. We, and
1: we feel, okay, now we have to perform to our best. We have to have the best performance ever in order for these teams to, to allow these teams to perform. Yeah. And yeah. not to interrupt the flow of football. Yeah. Do you know? So it's, it's, it's uh, what we feel. Yeah.
0: Your job is to be as inobtrusive as possible yes. and hope there isn't, I'm presuming, hoping there's not going to be a controversy. Yeah, you ha- yeah. Did Megan Rapinoe, the famous American, did she have a word with you at some point? Oh where, yeah. and where?
1: <laughs> So we're coming out the tunnel and you can see the teams lining up and we have to do our final check of the equipment on all the players. And I happen to be on the USA side. And uh, so I was, they, they were so nervous looking. I know. And I was like, oh, maybe they're because they're under so much pressure. Yeah. So they're I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm Irish. So I have a little bit of humor and coming up and checking them all. And they're looking at me going, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, I'm just saying good luck to you. Don't worry. I know your equipment's grand. So just, ah, yeah. good luck. And, and Megan, I was shaking Megan Rapino's hand and she turned around to me and she goes, oh, hey, are you ready for this? And I was like, yeah hey, I'm born ready. <laughs> I <laughs> she love just, it. And she just started laughing. That's exactly and, and the thing you to say to Megan see, Yeah, totally. And I knew her humour. Yeah, 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 so exactly. She,
0: <laughs> and and actually, just, like, watching the game, she was on your wing in the first half. So she was the yeah. one who was on your wing and she was quite yeah. vocal. And the other thing I noticed as well was at one point, and very early on, um, there was a sideline ball and another ball came in and there was two balls on the yeah, pitch. Yeah. And I, I was like were you thinking at that time oh my god i have to get that ball off or like what are you thinking are you just thinking looking at the next move all the time no
1: no so uh once the second ball came on i quickly alerted the referee and once the ball is not interfering with the play of the game we can play on all right once it interferes with the play well we'll have to stop it so straight away she was aware of where the ball was i had and i was keeping my eye so every (laughs) Everywhere the referee's not looking, I'm looking right. when when I'm not active in my side. Yeah, exactly. So that's
0: the beauty of the team. That yeah, that works. you work as a team. Yeah. 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 And I noticed in the second half, um, who was down in your wing... Um, uh, the very good forward Tobin Heath was on your yes. side and she queried a few things oh, and in yeah. fact I think when did you have to call your first offside do you remember things like oh, that oh yeah
1: so I think it was nearly two or three minutes into the match is that early yeah that early I was like did that just happen wow ok here we go <laughs> nice first flag yeah so you had it, it early. Like, like getting the first is it flag good to get home? it in early yeah. it is it is good to get it in first early. flag so focused and you're just say, yep yeah. That
0: sets the tone. So. And yeah. tell, tell us, and we'll talk about, about how you got into refereeing and how you've, how you've become a world class referee. But um, afterwards, I'm interested as well. When that yeah. game is over, because for players, physically they're exhausted. Yeah. They've run 12k or more. Yeah. Um, I presume you're physically and emotionally exhausted. And do you go and celebrate after work or final? what do you do?
1: Yeah, so um, to be honest, I didn't feel it physically. Um, physically, I, I was so well prepared. Um, even the heat everyone was like how did you feel the heat you had the sun all the time I was like oh yeah I loved it <laughs> you know it <laughs> gave me the energy or you yeah. know I I think positive on it and and uh, yeah it was quite hot but you know I was well hydrated so I was. Didn't uh, I notice. didn't no, even notice right. um, I was more emotional Emotional after it Were than you? physical. Um, I remember the final whistle and then kind of going the realization of what I've just done, um, because you've 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 shut yourself off from it and you're just going out. It's white against orange. It's two teams. You still have to be there to referee the game and and do that's everything it, No matter team. what game, what stage it's at. Yeah. Yes, there's a little bit more hype around this one, but. It's only when the final whistle went, I walked, stepped onto the pitch, and I and I just felt like just bawling my eyes out. Did you? I really did. I did was just you? like, "Oh, I have to hold it in here." <laughs> oh, <yeah." laughs> now the cameras are on. I was like, "Oh my god!" I just need to collect it, yeah. go up and get your medals yeah. and all of that. Yeah.
0: yeah so, um, so more emotional yeah. than any you've ever done before, would you say? Um, yeah,
1: the height of emotion. But you know, there was always a few things in the middle of your career, like I mean the first cup final I done here in Ireland in the men's game in 2013 I was emotional afterwards. In the Aviva. In the Aviva because a lot of people didn't know who I was and you got like, oh there's a female on the match? What? You know, so um, yeah I was emotional after that because I, I finally broke through. Right, you know, for me that was a turning point. Huge milestone yeah, for you, yeah. yeah. So,
0: and um, what happens in the immediate aftermath? Do you get to go to a players' lounge, a referees' lounge? Do you go off in and meet your families? Do you have a nice, you know? And how did how, what yeah. happens then?
1: Yeah. So basically, because we we call ourselves the the twenty fifth team, so uh, part of the World Cup. So there's twenty four, we're the twenty fifth. So we were are very much the same as a team. So we got together afterwards and they they put on a farewell party for us for all the match officials for all the match officials and we got to you Lovely. know hang out and talk about the final and the experiences and Brilliant. and then um they I think the first referee left at about the first flight at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so you're trying to get out as quick as you can afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And then um, the next morning, I got to to finally meet my my family. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: in um, Lyon, and then you flew home that
1: day. Then um, I wish I flew home that day, Did but you know? my flight was cancelled, so oh, I'd stay no. another night. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are the chances of that? Oh my god, and ten years of flying and the first flight that was cast. It is. (laughs) And at that stage you're probably just dying to get home. Yeah, but I think it was pretty cool because I was able to reflect on
0: the, the, the... I don't know. And there's worse places to be stuck in than Leon yeah. and nice weather and all the rest, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, amazing, I mean just what an experience, um, but it's one you've earned and you've worked a long time in your life yeah. for it. So we'll talk about that and about how you actually got there. Um, take us back, um, if people might have recognised your voice, are you, where are you from and how did you, did you play sport, did you play football, did you play soccer? Yeah, so
1: um, I'm originally, I was born in Ascorty. But we moved to a little um, place called Clumore Bree. So Bree, whole community. Right. And it was an amazing community to grow up in because it was very, very, uh, as the word says, community. Yeah. Uh, everyone pulled together. And I was very much involved in sport from an early age. Um, my first sport, uh, if you say, was Irish dancing. Right. But then I got into um, athletics and in Brie and then there was no teams with female sports of any, so kind. of any kind so my first sport my first team sport was actually in a little village called oilgate yeah and that's like about seven miles away so here's me young book i was about uh 14 at the time because there was no team no team sport where you lived. And yeah you're I the hurl to the bike helmet <laughs> on my head and i cycled all the way over to play the match and that yeah. was it you know and, and then when Ballyhoog joined the football team I started there. Um, Gail, a Gaelic football team? football. Gaelic
0: football team yeah
1: and then the county team were having uh, trials and I remember our coach giving the the names of who was selected for the trials and I was like my name's not there and she says, no no you weren't selected alright what time are you leaving at? and she was like oh whatever 2 o'clock and I said right so I jumped in the car Went off for the trials, my name, not even on the list.
0: <laughs> I was like, <laughs> You volunteered! Oh, I, I volunteered! The trials. <laughs> yeah. So now we get yeah. some idea of how
1: driven and how competitive yeah. you are. You yeah. volunteered I and you volunteered myself for county trials. <laughs> <laughs> did you make it? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> there I won you numbers go. Numbers of um, medals for Wexford. And, but um, even in school, then I was playing football. In the record league, I was the first female to win a record league for Bree School. Right. And I I remember coming on uh, in the second half. and there was only two girls on the team and what age were you about um, so I was 12 this is uh, this is like yeah. the common
0: among school then they yeah, came into the equivalent to the month. small common yeah, month school yeah, so th- yeah. that wasn't yeah, there that was yeah primary school yeah, so yeah, Show me age, yeah. so anyway, there was only two um, f- two yeah, girls on the team yeah so
1: I came on I scored a winning goal And <laughs> uh, you know and I was like oh yeah and then they were talking I remember in the papers the next day was the referee blind did he, did he not know there was a female playing the sport in the men's game you know and yeah so I, I just was breaking barriers left, right and centre and
0: the thing kid. is uh, people won't know that by looking at you because yeah. you look about 15 years younger than you are which <laughs> yeah. is how fit you are yeah. but you're 40 so that yeah. explains why growing up in rural Wexford yeah. there just wasn't team sports for no. girls they, no. are they, they were, you were just catching the start of it yeah
1: yeah. I mean the next year the following year I was in 6th class or 5th class and that's when we had a team then yeah. coming a mall started yeah. And, yeah. and started a ball rolling on all of that and and it was great
0: and did you play soccer as well yeah, or do, so or where, where did you get a chance to play most soccer yeah then? so
1: I started I always played seven-a-sides well any time the brief field day <laughs> seven-a-sides yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> put a seven-a-side team together go sure, let's play me. soccer you know yeah. and then um, I remember I was in secondary school at this stage then and playing there and and I was like Okay, I want I want to play, and it wasn't until I was like sixteen, seventeen. When I only started playing soccer because yeah. I was still heavily involved in the GA ball yeah. clubs, club and county. Um, so then I was on four teams because I went to the county soccer trials then right. as well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I played within I Had to ah. travel for there, and then when they folded, I ended up my last playing careers was in Adamstown. Right, um, which another you've been nearby as well. Yeah. yeah, so that was and I joined
0: their football team as well. So And you went to third level, so you, yeah. you got the opportunity to play probably the most organised soccer you got, yes. if you like, in yeah. third level. Where were you? Yes, yeah, so
1: I was in WIT in Waterford. Waterford Studying what?
0: And I studied Sport and Recreation. <laughs> surprise, <Management>. surprise. Okay. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so in first year I got an opportunity to be on the university's crew Brilliant. And we went on and won that. Right. So that was pretty amazing. And I think when I won that, I was like, yeah, I want to play more and more soccer. Right. Yeah, so I loved it. And playing county and, yeah, I was always like a striker. So midfield striker. And I think one year I played in the backs for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. um, So
0: you're naturally a striker. Um, And I I, I remember you telling me this before as well. Just when your refereeing career started, um, women's national league football yes. kind of started so you had just tipped and gone into the refereeing before you got those opportunities and you kind of just stayed with, with refereeing which yeah. is interesting um, What is the pathway? I mean how do you even start refereeing? What's the training process? Yeah so um, when
1: you're sixteen you're available to go and do a beginners course um, right. and the FEI have very good um, development programs for referees and I must say and and you, then the Irish Soccer Referee Society and and you go on ahead and do a beginner's course and then you start off in small level games like school boys, yeah. school
0: girls. juveniles, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and then you can go on to your leagues, then you're in your senior league and then if, um, if you develop from there, the School of Excellence, the FEI have a program called School of Excellence for, um, referees. for referees, referees, yeah, ah, and it's okay. a two-year program where you have the access to mentors and instructors, and right, it's really, really, really good. And, and do you have to do you have to get picked for it or yeah, promoted to? You have to be to nominated it. or selected. You have to be nominated for it. Okay. and then they'll come down and see you refereeing and see your development. And there's only like out of all of Ireland, there was only thirty, thirty. People picked to do the like school. Of Excellence that's school. Program. Of Excellence, that two-year one. Every two did. years, oh. um, and then you have like a couple of weekends to go to Dublin, and yeah, then and you have your training. You have your fitness tests, written tests, your analysts of all so
0: that's your that's the start for you now on a serious yeah. pathway. Yeah, yeah, and and how quickly then after doing that did you progress because um, you. You people might know this, but you, mm. you're, an, you're an assistant referee for the League of Ireland. Yeah. <coughs> you can do all of any women's game in the country, I presume as yes. well. Yeah. So how quickly do you progress then to League of Ireland and stuff and then how do you get to FIFA?
1: Yeah, so um, throughout my school of excellence, um, I was uh, been s- after that I was selected to be on the League of Ireland panel and that's where then you go into the first division games and and then um, when you develop there, and it was, I was think it was a year after I was nominated forward for my FIFA badge. Ah, okay. So then that's another process. Yeah. So then you're nominated for your FIFA badge, and then you have to pass more fitness tests and more written tests, and then you have to perform, um, and in your in uh, UEFA level, in all different. Uh, um, yeah, different levels. Yeah, if, levels. Is, yeah, if yeah. you have the Champions League qualifiers, yeah. European qualifiers, right. and there's always somebody watching your games. Always, always you, being always assessed all the, the time. Yeah. Always, always, always. And then, you, when, then you're nominated for FIFA and you receive your FIFA badge, but you have to be nominated every single year. I'm nominated every
0: single year for my FIFA so badge. So when did you first get a FIFA badge? In 2011. All right, so yeah. yeah. And very, then very every quickly. single year you have to be retested and to keep it you have to get retested and tell us the level of fitness even alone and the level of testing that goes on starting with fitness and then with the rules.
1: Yeah so um, the fitness tests are changing all the time as well to to be faster and fitter Um, and just for example if I was to go and do my FIFA test so the FIFA test would be 30 meter sprints and you have to perform these if you're female it's five seconds and if it's the male, male test you're going for, it's 4.7 seconds. Right. And you sprint in in that timing gates, and then you have to perform that five times in a row and have the same average speed. Right. And then that's the first part. The second part then is to be able to run 75 meters. Right. So Faster again. Yeah, so it's kind of like box-to-box box yeah. on a, on a yeah. soccer pitch. If
0: yeah, you yeah it, it would be box-to-box. Box. Exactly. That would be the visual exactly. Same and as yeah,
1: you do that if you're doing the men's test, you do it in 15 seconds. And then a turnabout of twenty seconds walk recovery, yeah, and you do that forty times.
0: Forty times! <laughs> oh
1: my yeah. lord! So.
0: and what is it for the women's game? Then is it r- roughly the
1: same? Yeah. So instead of uh, instead of uh, fifteen seconds,
0: it's seventeen seconds. Seventeen seconds. So it's a slight difference, tiny difference. So. Yeah. Um, to come back to even the, the league of ireland how many referees are on that and how many women are on that
1: yeah so the league of ireland panel is made up of uh, roughly um, 60 60, uh, referees, 60 officials yeah and there's two female only two yeah so i have my referee here in ireland for fifa is paula brady paula yeah so as a dubliner i think she yeah is she's yeah. a dubliner yeah so i would have uh, came up through with her and just before her was paula or Rona Daly, Rona Daly, Uh, yeah, and she she's just finished now. And Hilda McDermott was before her, but written right now this year, there's only two of us. Right. So say for instance, if uh, UEFA is looking for, um, say, a referee for a certain match in the Euro qualifiers, Paula would get the call up, and then I would go. With her as, her, as yeah. her assistant, as your assistant, so right. I would operate with Paula right. in a lot of the um, games. And I and it. I
0: was asked, I was curious, was um, why assistant referee and why not a referee, and would you have to change? Would would you have to qualify differently? Yes, um, it's
1: two totally separate badges. A lot of people have been asking me oh next time you might referee the game yeah 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 yeah. no (laughs) I don't want to I'm still a match official I'm still refereeing the game my part of the game right so to be a a FIFA referee it's a different pathway it's a different system Um, you have to go and do a slightly different test a little bit faster on the recovery Um, you have to go all the way down to uh, group, uh, grade three and then work your way up to grade right. two, grade one and elite. And that could take about five, six years um, and for me to like hand
0: back my Your assistant referee, assistant at what level do you have that then? You have that I at have the top level, elite level. Yeah. Elite level. Yeah. So you, if you wanted to do the referee, you'd yeah. have to go start, drop a few levels yeah, and go back to right through the right. rankings but again. But it, is, is it a different skill? It is. Uh, it's
1: a total different skill. I mean, if you ask any of the referees at this level, they're like, "Oh, I'll never be an assistant." <laughs> and if you ask the assistants, we're like, "No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm alright where I am." Right. I mean, it's a total different mindset because, as an assistant, our our sprints have to be a lot faster. our like um, your different movement. We do a lot of sidestepping. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With that's quick true. turn sprints. That's true. Um, and uh, then we have like seconds and we have like supervision in order to do the offside line Yeah. and then to be able to have the vision of to see the ball being kicked as well as you know catching the the player offside onside. Yeah, you're using your peripheral vision nearly more yes. than a referee who's yeah. looking straight at, at something. There's like so much super focus yeah. needed to be an assistant referee that um, you cannot be have distractions, yeah. you cannot let anybody if anyone shouts at you cannot
0: even hear them, so you think they're two different they're in a way they're different they're different yeah. different physical skills and even yeah. different different vi- visual skills with a referee,
1: yeah. they have to have super management skills in yeah. order to manage the twenty two players on the pitch, they have to have really good communication Yeah, they're they have dealing to have really directly with players. leadership yeah. you know um, to be a leader of their team. And but to get the best out of their assistants. Yeah. And to have the better relationship with their assistants too. Right. Because I mean if you know, you have to have a, a referee that takes charge but then allows you to do your job.
0: Yeah as well. Same and time to work because, as a team.
1: Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day referee would run down the pitch and there's people behind. And we, we have to be the eyes at the back of their head as well. <laughs> do you know, and, yeah, yeah. and then it's the same for when we're concentrating on the offside line. And that 's when we 're like, okay, the the fouls are yours now,
0: yeah, I mean we're just looking we're, at we're this. just going to be going so here, it's interesting. So you really are yeah. a team, you yeah, really operate amazing. as a team it's together really, really um the this World Cup was unusual because um, first of all, FIFA brought in a whole load of new rules, um, and they were introduced from the first of June, which meant that the first time they were used were in this world cup yeah um, and how were you trained for those? How much training did you get beforehand okay,
1: so all well, the new laws of the game came in and uh, in March so from March we've been implementing them so we went out to our training camps and we had a one in Qatar this year so we all our group that list came out in December so we knew in December we were going to the World Cup uh-huh. so we had started training from then right. with the new laws of the game now here in your own league you didn't implement them And once a league started you didn't impl- implement them. So what we had to do was we had to go and they put on uh, Qatar League and then we were also involved we went back out for another training camp for another two weeks and we were involved in the club international tournament Ah, with with Real Madrid and Roma. But this was a men's men's, uh, club international and it was the first time that we got special permission as a group of female referees to fully officiate Right club international males uh, match uh, matches like tournament in Qatar. Right, so yeah. in Doha, so it was right out there was history being broken left, wow. right, center, wow. and um, so when we were there. All the new laws of the game had to be inf- were implemented, right. and we were practicing them. And we also had VAR, video assistant referees. This was the first World
0: Cup for women; it was going to be used. Yeah. In. So you yeah. had to train for that as well. Yeah. yeah. But
1: all the teams involved in the World Cup were also given the new laws of the game changes. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew so them. Then were we coming. had friendlies. So then we were able to go.
0: I think we were on a friendly in England versus Spain. Before the World that's Cup, that's right. Yeah, it was one of their warm-up games, so you went yeah. and worked at that. Yeah. And this notion that it was unfair—I I heard a lot of people saying it during the World Cup. You might have been aware this conversation was going on, but because there was controversy over VAR and particularly the goalkeepers coming off their lines, and they adjusted it during the during the tournament, people were saying, "Why were the women the guinea pigs? You know, they shouldn't have." This is such an important tournament. Why are you only throwing these rules at players now? And why why were the women guinea pigs? Did you did you know that conversation was happening? Um, what was your impression?
1: Well, I wouldn't. I don't really like the the way they were saying it. Uh, why were the guinea pigs? Because I mean, think about it. The laws of the game were there. Um, say in the two thousand nineteen or two thousand eighteen World Cup for the men. I mean, the, the goalkeeper must. Put two feet on the, the line, yeah. and then tried to save the ball. So they actually said, "Okay, we need to change this because it's not fair on the goalkeeper. Yeah. The natural movement of you the goalkeeper, you can't stand on the line with forward. two feet. Yeah. You step forward to save a ball. Yeah. So they changed the law for the goalkeepers, and they, it was like done in a meeting with all the top clubs, all the teams, everyone, and they were open for this law change. Right. So it's not from the referees point of view, it's from the whole of the organisation of of everybody yeah. were were like open for this. And it was like one step forward, it was brilliant. They were like yes, we we'll, we we'll take this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but what they forgot it was like, yeah, well, there is a yellow card if you move both feet off. Yes. You yeah. know. So um so that was that's, that's was there, but they got the law changes.
0: They did. Practice. They yeah yeah they adapted yeah. it during yeah. it, which was unusual as yeah. well. Actually, which was a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of matches, is there any one decision that you had to make that anyone like that you know you got scared or thought, oh my goodness, you know is this right?
1: Um, see, it's different when you're in the middle of a match. I mean, you're you you're there. You you call to your best ability um, and. With with the VAR, you know, it's confirmation straight away. Yeah. So right. uh, there was I can't remember any wrong decisions I made this year right. in the in this tournament. So I'm, right. I'm pr- very very happy with my f- performance. Was there any
0: that you were like, oh, I don't know whether that was like you know, just, just those offsides are so close. I mean, yeah, I would was say very the very close. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's one, there was one where I was like, um, if in doubt, you keep the flag down. So the movement went, the the attacker ran so fast and, and just really really quickly and for that split second I was like oh, big gasp of air, I was like oh my god and then you're like no keep it down it's definitely onside it's and onside, then it was onside right. goal and I'm like oh then <laughs> going <and> check anyway <laughs> uh,
0: yeah well VAR goal is confirmed. like yeah well VAR is, VAR is, VAR is VAR. I mean, we could have a debate about VAR all day I suppose yeah. when you started out um, to come back to how your career developed though yeah. when you started out and, um, were, there, were there big games and big decisions in your career that, that really convinced you that I can do this and, and, and was it difficult because you work, you work in the men's game yeah. so what's that like
1: Yeah, so um, when I started I knew there were going to be uh, for the men men to accept a female but to be honest uh, it was only kind of more locally more because of my assessor, pre- assessors before me, so you know the likes of Hilda, Paula, Rona, they have already been there before me. Right. So, you were- so when I came to the likes of Dublin League of Ireland, I was more accepted. Accepted. Right. But when I started out at local level, at local level as a referee, uh, I was totally different because turn like I mean I walk in and the Heads a turn and go, Oh my god, who's your one? Where is she in the right pitch? <laughs> do you know? Yeah, and, yeah, literally. And then I'm like, Yeah, I'm here to referee your game. I said, I hope you're here to play it. You know? And I just really kind of uh, stood up to them and, and, and just like, You know, you're, you're, not, you're not allowed to say that to me. And I'd straight away, uh, red cards, let the cards do the talking, let the laws of the game. And what's do the, the worst thing that was ever said to you? I can't say it on air. Right, <laughs> right, right, that bad. Yeah, that bad. And I just, like,
0: showed them, showed them the red card straight away and just... Actually, giving them a look of disgust. Well, we tweeted it. Yeah. We tweeted a picture on our, our Twitter uh, when, when there was. I think it was a Brazilian referee this year. It was an amazing image, and she was very petite, and mm. there was a huge hulking guy standing right over her and screaming yeah. in her face, yeah. and um, and she had her hands behind her back and was looking straight into. it. she was so powerful. Yeah. Um, but like, it it could be physically intimidating with players who are bigger than you. Not if they are bigger yeah. than you, whether they're male or female. Yeah. And like, have you ever had anybody like? screaming in your face or what sort of stuff was said to you like generally and, and how did you deal with it how do you deal with it apart from showing a card is there any other way you can deal with it
1: yeah I mean you you manage if you can manage the players that are on the pitch but from word go I mean it, you can't you can't let it you can't let the match be lost out of your hand if you know what I mean Yeah. so you have to turn up you have to be more professional it feels like you know you're being looked at left, right and centre by everybody. So if you turn up as more professional as anybody else, and if you show I'm here, um, and then when you're fit and you're, you're right up a play, and you blow the whistle in your in their ear, ah, ref, you blow the whistle in your ear, and you're like, yeah, what? Well, I'm he- right here. <laughs> right
0: beside I'm you. I'm right beside you. I saw <laughs> what you did.
1: How could I miss it? I'm right beside it's you. It's gaining respect from, from the first whistle. It's gaining respect from these players. And from everything and they do. And then once they know you're there to referee in, in the best way possible and the fairest as possible, um, they don't care after that.
0: Right.
1: Like, now... I mean, they don't care. now. no, no. Yeah, obviously no, you accept it, yeah. totally respect from, from everybody, male, female. Right. And I'm just a referee and a match official. But it's not, I'd the say it's not I'm easy in, in the beginning. It's not easy at the
0: beginning. Join, join Neville, the rugby like, referee, said yeah. to me, she said, you, you have to be, it's, because you're a woman and you're unusual yes. in it, you nearly have to be better than everybody else. Yes. Has Did you have that feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had that feeling when I went into the men's game. I was like, okay, I'm here, I have to be the best. I have to get I have to focus I have to do extra trainings I have to be fitter than them all. I I always always said I have to be fitter than the fastest forward on the pitch
0: Right
1: and I always said that and if I am well they cannot they cannot dispute my decision. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to be
0: always up with play, yeah. always on always. the spot. And, then, and yeah. was, it, was it, Was did some of them tell you to go back to the kitchen or go back to watch soaps yeah. or something ridiculous? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, most of the spectators do this. Spectators. Yeah, the spectators do quite, this. Because you're quite, I always think that yeah. about assistants. You're yeah. on the line, you hear way, all the stuff coming from the crowd. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, I think, I remember one game and I think, I think it was in Shelburne and I heard the they're right on top of you there. Yeah. I think one guy actually came across the barrier and like grabbed my flag at one stage, and I was just like, "Oh my god, run quick!" Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. And um, he didn't catch it, but uh, you know he, he he touched it, and I was like, "Oh my god, don't touch my
0: flag." <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? Just yeah. move away from Just the danger? move it away. Just yeah. move away. Yeah. You can't s- can you send off somebody in the crowd? No, no. Yeah, no. exactly. But you can In you fairness
1: now, the they, they, um, security are pretty good. Yeah, they they yeah. come straight up and they're starting to protect us all. So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, only yeah, right. Yeah the, yeah, the amount of times I was asked to go and see Coronation Street and EastEnders <laughs> and I was like this close to turning around and saying, um, well, I actually don't see the... T- I don't have time to see the telly. You
0: know... <laughs> What, have you got and then new <laughs> to tell me? <laughs> Come um, up with a new one, there. With a new one, it's something original. <laughs> for God's sake, yeah. Yeah. Um, And you did. You you, 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 There were big games for you that you made tough decisions, and you feel that they earned you the respect of all the players in the country in the men's game. Yeah,
1: I remember, there's two decisions that really stick out for me, and I think sticks out for the players themselves as well. And that's one of the the semi-finals. It was like St. Pat's and it was in Bray Wanner's pitch. Caroline Grounds. And Caroline girls, yeah. And tight was, pitch again, they're right yeah. on top of you. And I think it was actually nearly one of my first live TV games. Right. There's not very many of them on TV. And I was super excited, you know, and, and I was running down the line, and the next minute Chris Forrester got the ball halfway line. And I'm like, oh, there's only one place this is going. So you have to read the play in anticipation, and I start running. I left my second and last line; didn't care about. Them. I just start running towards that goal, and next when he shot from forty yards out, hit the underneath of the crossbar, down, crossed the line, back out, and then someone headed it out for a corner, and the referee just gave the corner. And I'm shouting at the corner flag. My microphone's not working because it was <laughs> raining. And oh, no. It was the old system. And, and I'm shouting, waving my flag. And he goes, yeah, it's a corner. I was like, no, it's a goal. You saw it had crossed the saw line. saw it cross crossed the line. And um, Big call. Yeah, it was a huge call. No line. VAR, no action no, replays, no, nothing no. to
0: look at. You've got, really. you've, you don't have that here. You have to
1: make yeah. those decisions. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then, of course, a couple of the lads ran after me and, <laughs> you know, they were dealt with by yellow cards and. Were they? Oh, yeah, but yeah. it was yeah. So that remember, was a big one. So that was a big one, and then the next one was the, the twenty, thirteen cup final in Viva Stadium. Your first time in a first Viva Stadium. First big game. And you're like, whoa, and um, I remember the. Coming down, and and when the player's in front of you, it's it's actually harder to see free kicks and fouls that are right in front of you. Yes, yeah, yeah. um, Because you're looking across as well. Yes, yeah, your eye is there. there. You have to see the ball being crossed for offside. So the next minute, the the, Sligo player comes down and slid down on the ground, covered the ball, but the ball had gone out of play as he was crossing the ball And then the header into the goal. They're celebrating a goal. And I'm standing there again with the flag up going, Hey, it's it's a goal kick. Right. I went out play first and they're like, What's wrong with you again? And you know the a few screams and shouts, and, and
0: you're working with the referee who's yeah. supporting you, obviously but as well. The They're funny fact you. about this, the two decisions, it was the same referee I was working with. Was
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, Paul. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
0: yeah, but you got to deal with them. You got to yeah, deal with them. But you anything. see
1: that the thing is in a team of referees, you gotta have so much trust and support each other and support yeah. in yeah. the team. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ever been physically frightened as in a match official?
1: No, no, thank
0: God. Never? No, no. That's really good. Um,
1: I think it's because of growing up in the men's game, playing with, like I mean, played in the schoolyard with the boys and yeah. played on the streets, and i would like I mean, I I never felt threatened, right. you know, at any stage because, uh, yeah, I just I suppose it was just. The hard skin I was born with.
0: <laughs> I well, I, I think all officials, yeah. match officials, need hard yeah. skin. They also yeah. need to be terrifically fit. So if anybody came after you <laughs> by looking at you today, I mean, you have the shine of a, you have the gloss of a, an elite athlete. That's you have that healthy glow that people who are really, really fit have. Thank you train you. obviously really hard. Yeah, we do. I mean, you could have six to seven training sessions
1: per week um, with one one rest day, um, and. I mean we train in all different aspects. So like I have a strength coach that I train with, a speed coach. But I normally, that's only once or twice, you know, in the month and, but I normally train myself.
0: And, and you're in the gym obviously the, as well. Yeah, outdoors, so running in the gym, everything.
1: I go up to the pitch and it's right. funny because I'd set up the pitch, the full soccer pitch. And I have cones, ladders, hurdles, <laughs> parachutes. Um, and I even tie bungee cords to the wall, and and um, I remember the, the groundskeeper coming up. Oh, what team are you going to train today? And I goes, oh, myself. <laughs> this you know, is me. This is me. Away. And I train away for and two hours. And what's the local pitch then? Where do you train? Um up in the
0: the Fairycarr Park. In Fairycarr Park. Yeah. Carragh. So I'm, I'm, thank and God, I'm loud. Go join Neville so. is. Um, is a professional referee? The IRFU have actually given professional contracts mm-hmm. since two years ago. So this is her full time job. Yeah. Can you make a living as a referee, or no. could you be a full time <laughs> referee?
1: No, not not in Ireland. There's there's no professional contracts in Ireland for refereeing. It's all just uh, uh, voluntary. So and technically, it's your hobby. Yeah, technically, yeah. But uh, can you get rich doing it? Can you make lots of money doing it? Uh, not in Ireland. No, right. no. Um, so we just we have our our match on a weekend and we go back to our day jobs every day. And And what's your day job? Yeah, so I'm a swimming teacher, so a self-employed swimming teacher. Um, A move I made three years ago after the last World Cup because I wanted more flexibility time. To go training <laughs> because I knew I wanted to go back to a World Cup and but be on the world stage,
0: be even, be even yeah. better. Because you got as far as a quarter final at the last World Cup, yeah. didn't you? You yeah. did America. Was it America, China? Yeah. yeah. So you knew yeah. the Americans. Yeah. Actually, interesting. Yeah. Um, so you you used to work in um, kind of leisure centres yeah. and work full time. Yes. Yeah, and so then you decided you would go and do your own thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so now I was in the leisure centre for many years and then. Uh, like personal trainer, gym instructor, some teacher and then I went on to um, a public pool where I did more school, swim teaching and stuff like that, spin class, everything so um, and then I just was exhausted with not, now exhausting them with my time off
0: (laughs) (laughs) You exhausted their patience Yeah, Yeah, exactly so I just went,
1: yeah, okay if I want this to work more I'm going to have to just do some, change my whole career and And change how I how I work, so yeah. I can get the free time to train and and um, focus more on being able to do more technical training
0: as well. And yeah, and go go abroad for matches, yeah. go abroad for training. Yeah. Even if you do League of Ireland games, you're on yeah. a Friday evening. I presume yeah. you can you might have to, you have to you know you, yeah. you can't be looking for time off all the time. Yeah. So you you is it is it um, is it one to one training now?
1: Yeah, so I hired a pool in uh, Ferry Carrick Hotel and I I do personal one-to-one training, um, swim teaching with uh, all ages and particularly with special needs as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, And then uh, they have also hired me for their school. Oh, so lovely. I have one school in the Lady Fatma School in in uh, Carrageen Street and in Wexford. In Wexford, and they bring. I have them for a lot of years. They, they actually had them when I was in the public pool. All oh, right, so they've and then they came like to you. me and asked me to come. And Present. it's up to four classes a week
0: now. I have with them. Great. Four, four and do classes. they know? And and are you being recognised on the streets as you come back? because you've oh. pictures <laughs> been in the papers. You've been interviewed in various places, and you've been recognised. Yeah, it's it's. it's Quite fun for me. It's like walking down the street. Oh,
1: Michelle! Oh, Michelle! I was like, "Hi, uh, yeah." So, um it's uh, I look at if it creates an awareness of women in sport. I mean, I'm all for it. So, really, I give the time and say, "Yeah, do you want to actually see my?" So not like, been mad like, oh, since you yeah. came back from France. Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't. Even, I realised it's been a week now, and I didn't even realise it's been <laughs> a week <laughs> exactly because, it's, because everyone is coming and going and. But in in particular, like, there was um, driving through my uh, first town in Escorty, and next when I see my picture on a gate, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? What's it doing on a
0: gate? It's like,
1: congratulations, Michelle, (laughs) proud of you. (laughs) And it was like seeing our print, um, and I would have uh, known, I would have taught her... Son, how to swim? All oh, right, so the local company. Uh, yeah, local yeah, lo- right. Yeah, so a local company, and they just. Uh, and you were seeing yeah. some
0: guy, random man, shout yeah. out to
1: today. I was in the car, just coming up here, and some guy shout, "Stop, Michelle O'Neill!" I was like, "Yeah." Oh, my daughter was watching you, yeah, and she's so proud to see you and to see uh, a female at the, in, in the World Cup, and and I was like, "Oh, does she play soccer?" It's like, "No, she plays rugby in <laughs> Trinity." <laughs>
0: But but, oh my but obviously people yeah. are really chuffed for your success. Yeah,
1: yeah to yeah. have done this. And I was in like the credit union when I came home. I was like, oh, I need some money. <laughs> and I was like, uh, This this old woman came up and she was like, I saw you on the TV. <laughs> I don't watch sport, but I saw you. Power of TV. The power oh of TV. So yeah, it's been been amazing support. I mean, I have to shout out to everybody that I haven't. Being able to text back, yeah, of course. But, um, yeah. The support and the love I felt from everybody was just amazing, and I can't stress it enough.
0: Like that, I am so grateful for every single one of their text message and their support. And you had such a positive time too. Like you, yeah. you, you must have been delighted that the final there was no major controversy. Yes, it was. it was.
1: That was one of our main things going out on the final match when we had our meetings, we had a lot of meetings before we went out and we went, okay guys, this has to be our best performance. Just let the two teams play the game. Mm. A couple of free kicks were probably missed but it was in the bigger context of the game to let it flow, to let them play and
0: let's get the big big decisions and I even at local level I always say referees aren't perfect of course they're not perfect so what do you do when you make a mistake like or how do you deal with that because a lot of us because we're always so critical of ourselves we're trying to go home and think oh god I got that one wrong I got that one wrong how do you deal with that when you might make a mistake and you know you've made a mistake how do you deal how do you move on from that
1: so just for instance if I make a mistake on a match I have to quickly say okay I'll analyze it when it's over and because the next the next big decision could be the next one i make yeah. so i cannot think of the last one yeah, yeah, yeah. so quickly after yeah. like the mindset when you're when you're on a on a match every match is important because if you make a huge mistake that allows another team to get a goal or not a goal from mm. it that's the outcome of the match mm. so that we're you know it's crucial that we can just go okay it's over. It's done. Move on. Next one. And not think about what has happened or did happen. In the past. And yeah, then yeah. what I do is when I go home, I watch the game, I watch the clips, I watch and analyze, analyze even my movements, how I came up with a decision and and always write down, okay, how do I not make that mistake again? Yeah. Maybe and like, like every athlete, times I out of ten, I will not this, make the same mistake twice. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've already analyzed it.
0: Do you, did you get a report on your um, World Cup final?
1: Did you do get a debrief on that yet? No, we just came off the match and, and our observer. As you normally do. Yeah, yeah, our observer said, "No, I'm very proud of you, and you deserved every bit of it." And and he said, "Yeah, you did a really good job, and you did our referees team proud." So what's that was en- enough for me that's <laughs> enough <for> me. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that's, all that's all you want to hear to have else. <laughs> <laughs> say else. so what's next for you? yeah so I mean a lot of people are like oh what's next what's big I was like this is the biggest of anyone's it's career the like, of this is career. the pinnacle of yeah this is what we've been dreaming about 10 years now you know and this is what we've been aiming for so I am right up right at the the, the highest I've, I can be so basically I'll Back and want to have another campaign? Do you know I want to have another campaign for another World Cup uh, and give back my experience to everybody else coming through, but also try and have like a uh, uh, go to the Euros. Yeah, in England,
0: they're in, in twenty. the women's European. The women's the next European yeah. Championships, twenty twenty one, are in England. And if you if yeah. you fall in love with women's football and yeah. watching the World Cup this summer, this is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. First of all, as fans, yeah. uh, to go to England and watch yeah. the European Championships. Yeah. And Ireland have qualification group. Um, they're in a group with um, Ukraine, German, Germany.
1: Yeah, Ukraine, Germany. The
0: Germany with the big ones, Ukraine, Greece, Montenegro. Um, their first qualifying, actually, their first two qualifying games, so people know that are at home. Yeah. And the first one is the third of September against Montenegro in Tala, I think. Um, I'm not dead sure of that, but I think it's probably Tala. And then the 8th of October, Ukraine is a home game. And then the next one is November, and then there won't be games until next year. So that's the start of the women's qualifying campaign. Um, yeah. Ireland were really close. I mean, they were in a group with Holland and Norway for this World Cup qualifying. And they drew away to Holland to ended up in the final European champions. So that has given them great um, kudos. And now, of course, they're going to play the new world champions or the double world champions because yeah. the Americans had this victory yeah. tour and they, Ireland are actually playing them in the first game in Pasadena on August, I think it's August the 3rd as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always something happening yeah. and there's a National Women's League here. Yeah. Do you ever officiate in that or do you only do League of Ireland? No, um, so I... Do you do Women's National League here as yeah. well as League of Ireland? You do? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah
1: so, yeah. Um, I'm actually... Uh, rep, uh, I referee the the women's national league, uh, mostly in Wexford youths. Right. Uh, the Wexford youths women. All uh, right.
0: So it gives me a time to develop our assistant referees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you yes. will referee and you'll have assistants. Yes. And yeah. when um, because the the women's national league actually was on a break, listeners, um, because uh, we had a team at the World Student Games who did brilliantly. They beat Brazil. Um, they beat China. Mm-hmm. They lost in the quarter. Lost to North Korea I think um, in the semi-finals yeah Um, and a lot of those young players under 19s are actually playing in our National League so that's how good our Women's National League is at the moment so the games are resuming now I think they were back last weekend and they run all the way through until Uh, late September, early October. So there's Women's National League games on in Ireland all the time. Mm -hmm. Usually Saturday night um, and just go into the FAI website, go in and find out where the National League games are on and your local team obviously the one that you might referee for is Wexford uh, Youths, uh, they won the double, they won the League and Cup last year.
1: Yeah and it's great because like I mean it's great to to get the referee also as an assistant referee because it gives you the the management skills and the foul recognition more and to be in the thick of it. you know. So I, I really love refereeing, refereeing as well. And again, no matter what level, no matter yeah. what grade, it's two teams to me. So what's your next game? I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on, tell us. Give <laughs> us an exclusive. There's
1: a big one coming up on the weekend. That's all I This say. weekend? Yeah, the <laughs> Women's National League. So, all right, uh, brilliant. Yeah, okay. So. And will you go back into League of Ireland then as well? Yeah, so um, I got a nice uh two weeks off so right. just to get myself together again and you know I took And is there a fee, Michelle, or is it expenses or how are you paid or what do you get? Um it's kind of like expenses more so right. than anything else. Like yeah. the the match fee is super small but it's there, you know, so yeah. uh
0: but yeah it it is there. And at the World Cup did you get money? Um not yet.
1: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but there will be something coming, yeah. Will there, yeah there will yeah. be something
0: coming. And they presumably they fly you over, they put you yeah, up. So it's all expensive. And you all space. stayed in say yeah. hotel and all yeah, that kind of thing. So we have stuff. a
1: headquarters and right. We have our team behind us. So we have the masseurs are there. We have our fitness team there. Wow. We have uh, our foods catered for.
0: So we're the very same as if a team is on a campaign. I spoke to you before. I spoke to Michelle before she left, and I was asking what she packed. And the most unusual thing she packed (laughs) in her suitcase was a hot water bottle, which I thought was great. (laughs) So that was like you cover every possible angle. Heat packs, cold packs. You had everything packed. But
1: I also use a hot water bottle for... um, it's, you know when you have your clothes and your dryer, you wash your clothes. Yeah. If you put the hot water bottle in under the bed clothes and put your clothes in, it's you know it's like a. you, know, so you, air are, to close you out.
0: are a practical woman. No, <laughs> no stone. And I always think referees are really organised people, and you are definitely an organised person. <laughs> if you have one one memory that's going to stick with you forever, what do you think it is from the twenty nineteen, Women's World Cup? <sighs> oh my God. The one that came right
1: into my head right now is standing there for the national anthems, realizing that I'm actually in the World Cup final, and looking up and seeing my family's faces, and I could see the tears. How did yeah. you hold it together? Oh my god! I don't know. I just got my strength from them, and really? yeah, I'm even emotional. To oh, talk
0: of course, about it. of course, yeah. And just to see
1: their face.
0: You have brothers and sisters. Yeah, you oh, there's six of us. Six of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big
1: family.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so a sporty family, clearly. Yeah. yeah. So imagine them looking at it. You imagine what they were thinking yeah. as well. That's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. So you you are now the face. <laughs> you're now well known. You may have to deal with things you never had to deal with. Yeah. But you're also obviously going to be a role model for Irish officials. It yeah. Doesn't matter what gender they are. Yeah. yeah. That they they can be this good. They can make a World Cup final. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've had a man at work as an assistant referee work at World Cups, haven't we? Yes, we had. Uh, Eddie Foley was the first
1: Irish um, man to get to the '98 World Cup, right? And he got as far as the quarterfinals, right? And he he came out to the final. I was so so pleased he came out. Yeah, he came out to see me in the final because he would have been my mentor. Ah, lovely coming up the ranks. And I remember. Turning around to him and saying, Eddie, how does it feel 21 years later after you've been here in France 21 years later and you can turn around and say, We have another Irish official in a final? Um, and he just said, It's so emotional. Yeah. And it's meant so much to him, meant so much to the FEI in, in, in and and officiating. Of course. It's so much the ISRS, the branch um all the different referees groups and societies and he said, Yeah, now we've done it like we've. Well I
0: mean, any, when one Irish person does something to know, you break we break a boundary but you also make it a possibility for everybody else.
1: Yeah, um I'm only realising that this week, you know, the possibilities are there now for anybody else. Do you know, everybody else can turn around and say, Oh, I can see that see her doing it. I want to do that. Do you know, whereas when I was growing up, it was different. Yeah. Do you know, so um, it it feels, it is really, really inspiring. Um, I just want people to be inspired. And also, even if it's not officiated, even if it's just in life, to get up every morning and go, okay, what am I going to do today now that will make my tomorrow better? Do you know, and it's, it's just right across the board. And I think sport is so powerful in that way. And to give out that message to people, I mean, I'm honoured that I can do that.
0: Well, you did a great job, and that's a great way to leave it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us on Off The Bench. As we said, remember, you can find all of our previous episodes. If you go into offtheball.com, go into their podcast section, um, and you'll find Off The Bench in there and find our previous ones. But it it has been an honour for us to have you here today, Michelle Mm O'Neill, another Irish woman making sporting history. Thanks so much Mm -hmm. for being Mm -hmm. with us. Thank
1: you very much for inviting me.